welcome to Life Unlimited, where we are committed to empowering women everywhere to be at the top of their game by implementing healthy habits, gaining a positive, no BS attitude, and ultimately creating a limitless life. We hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. We've got a unique one for you today, because if you're listening and you are an we listen a lot. Usually we talk about, or we're talking when we interview people, it's either women in my program or, you know, we've got a women empowerment series going on. And so, but I had this opportunity. So Dalton here reached out to me or he reached out on one of our Facebook groups, right? And it was right, just, correct. I want to get on some podcasts. And he said, he lists some topics that he felt comfortable talking. And one of them was philosophy. And then I specifically asked about stoicism because I've been studying it and he I mean just recently just today he was telling me how it's like his favorite thing and so <laughs> we're going to talk about stoicism today and how because the most of you listening are moms right and so I want basically we're going to use that and the philosophies and the, the ways of thinking and talk about how it can relate to you as a mom right and so before we get into that, though, Dalton, go ahead and kind of introduce yourself. Talk, you know, tell people a little bit about yourself and so they have a background on you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for bringing me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. This is going to be really fun. I am by trade an accountant. So I went to school to be an accountant um, and an MBA in finance. Then I got into sales. So I've been, I'm a salesman by you know career. Specifically to what you're talking about, though, I I was I've been studying Stoicism since I was really young, and it's kind of one of those schools of philosophy that finds its way a lot of to people's lives, but they might not realize it. So you know, a lot of your listeners are moms, and and uh, Stoicism's perfect for for moms and for women empowerment. You know, I have a daughter; I teach her all, all the time. You know, we read, uh, we read out of our daily stoic in the morning and I'll take her. She's five. She doesn't get it yet, but she will. It's okay. But yeah, that's about, that's a little bit about me. I've I've been doing this for a long time. So that's how I actually started getting interested in it was one of my friends who him and his wife, he and his wife will be grammatically. (laughs) They are two people that I really admire and every, they do their daily stoic every day. And so, and I finally just bought the book off of Amazon because I was like, I want to learn it. And it is so cool because it's most of the principles, I think as an entrepreneur, a lot of them, you kind of, it it just falls in line with what you are learning, right? Yeah, yeah. And what you're trying to implement in your life. But um, it's been fascinating to dive into it. So I'm really only, I mean, you know, you read it every day. So I'm only a month and a half in, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. So what has stood out to you the most or how has it affected your life? All that stuff. Yeah. I mean, so there's so much that goes into stoicism. What, what stood out to me the most? I mean, what do I use every day? I, I probably use um, Amor Fati, the principle of Amor Fati and, and Memento Mori every day. So Memento Mori is, is remember that you will die. And, and that's a line from Marcus Aurelius's meditations book where he said, you could leave this life at any moment, let that dictate what you think and what you say and what you do. It's very poignant. And I think it's funny to talk about that because death is kind of a, a foreign subject to, to us, especially now. I was just talking to somebody about this and it's funny how we've extended the life of humans probably longer than it's ever been in the history of the world. 
right? Even even 150 years ago, what what was the average lifespan of a human? Maybe 30 or 40, maybe 50 years, right? Mm -hmm. And now we're up in the 80s. That brings up an interesting, you know, philosophy conversation of are we even supposed to live that long? Um, I, I don't know the answer to that question, and I'm and I'm not suggesting that we live any shorter than we have to. But it's interesting that in the in a period of time when we've lived the longest that we've ever lived, we are so, death is so foreign to us. And so keeping that at the forefront of our minds is important. You know, if, if this is the last conversation I ever have with anybody on the earth, like, how do I want to leave it? And you could slip into nihilism doing that, or you could let it invigorate you and let, let it really take hold and, and let you leave a legacy. Right. Yeah. That's one that I've actually, so a mentor of mine, cause I was listening to a podcast of another, of some other guy and he mentioned, <laughs> So we'll just say Alex and Mike. So I was listening to yeah. Alex's podcast. Alex mentioned Mike. And I am really good friends with Mike. So I messaged him because Alex mentioned that Mike is like, I guess, I mean, he embodies stoic. Like he is, he is yeah. stoic. Like when you think of a stoic person, <laughs> that's him. Do you know what I mean? Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I just messaged him. I was like, what drives you? Because in Alex's podcast, he was talking about how, like in, they were talking about business specifically, but Mm -hmm. they just do the work right and so yeah. he was talking about how mike just does the work like he doesn't he just he just wakes up and he does it and so i told him i was like how do you have how do you get it done and he go and that's what that was his response was mental mori and i was like yeah what is that it's a great yeah it's a great <laughs> way it's a great well it's a it's a very poignant way to think yeah and i was like okay so then i looked into it and then like that's kind of it started you know the stoic yeah, the stoic. yeah, yeah. and i was stoic like phrase, yeah. okay and then i <laughs> ryan holiday did a who did like a reel and it was like he talked about it where if when you put your kids to bed so moms <laughs> this is the last time you're putting your kids to bed you know and treat it like that and then you'll be 100 percent present because i know a lot of moms like they're just trying to get the kids in bed so they can have their me time right mm. but if you yeah. treated it like this is the last time yeah it could be because it could be because it could be it could how be. would you treat it differently right yeah would you and let anxiety overtake you or would you stay present with them and, and mm -hmm. take every moment and right yeah would you read three stories <laughs> sure. when they ask or yeah snuggle them because they want you to all of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So memento more is a big one, but I, I, I said two, I, I probably should have said three, but there's, I mean, there's all six of those tenants, right? You have memento mori, which is remember you will die amor fati, which is the love of fate. Um, summum bonum, which is the highest good, uh, premeditato malorum, which is the premeditation of evils. Uh, and then you have a couple, you have a couple others in there. Those are probably the four that I focus on. And then, and then you have the core tenets of stoicism, which is like temperance, justice, courage. And there's a fourth one, but I can't remember right now. I won't, I won't try to remember it, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I focus on, I try to like incorporate all of those into like my career and, and into my life as a father, right? Like, what do you want your kids to learn? Well, you want your kids to learn. Like, I think the, one of the hardest parts about being a parent for me was this idea that, um, I don't know, we, you work out and you play sports, right? So I grew up playing sports. Like, that's just what I did. And you always heard the coaches say, 
uh, or or maybe you're working out because you're you're a fitness coach, right? You're a health and fitness coach. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you probably tell your clients, like I can't do the work for you, right? Right. Um, and there's some people who like take that as like, oh yeah, okay, it means I got. But like, there is a line that you can't cross. Like a coach cannot jump in, put on football pads, right? Put on football gear. You, you can't physically cross the line and and play the game. You mm-hmm. just like it's 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 not a can't thing. You know, you know, it's not a won't thing. It's a can't thing. It's like it's a, a physically. Can't, like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a, so like the hardest part for me as being a parent is realizing that line. Mm-hmm. Like I can't be in school all the time. I can't like protect them from bullies all the time. I can't protect, you know, all these things. Right. So how, so the best, so the next best thing you can do as a parent is to prepare them, mm-hmm. their minds. Right. So like I prepare my kids' minds, like we don't, we don't do these things. And when they happen to us, we take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Like we realize that, you know, we're in a boxing match and you, and if you get, and if you accept a boxing match and you get punched in the face, you don't stop the fight and say, why the hell did you punch me in the face? Right. right? You just keep going. You have to keep going. There's no other, you're in a, ma- you're in a boxing match. So, uh, and, and now I'm over generalizing these principles and I use bullying. That's a very sensitive topic right now, especially in the state of Utah. But so I realized that I'm oversimplifying this and overgeneralizing it because there are other things that we can do. And, and I, and I, we can, and I'm sure we'll talk about things like this, right? How, how this pertains to action, how stoicism pertains to action. Cause it's not a passive philosophy. It's a very active philosophy, mm-hmm. but for the sake of starting the conversation, it's important to realize like we don't control what happens to us. We, we control how we react and how we approach, right? Stoicism isn't about, um, sto- stoicism is about approaching and, and not about reacting. You see what it's- I'm saying? Yeah, is stoicism where the whole the stimulus? Well, no, because I know it, it's in the Man's Search for Meaning. It talks about the sure. stimulus and the response. Yeah, mm-hmm. gap in between. Is that yeah. where it originated? Was from stoicism? Yeah. So, so yeah, Viktor Frankl's Ma- uh, Man's Search for Meaning is probably one of the uh, pinnacle stoic stoicism book because he that's that's the epitome of it, right? He's in a he's in probably one of the worst situations that you could be in in a mm-hmm. concentration camp, doesn't know if his wife is alive or dead, finds out that she is, but but he believing that she has been for however long, right? Um, that's the epitome of the situation that you could be in. So, yeah, I mean, you we can, you know, there are people who did fight to end that war, and there are people who fought to make sure things like that would never happen again. But if, if it's you and you're in the moment, that's all you got. You, you got You got your will. And you got yourself and you got and you have to look at it right if you want to learn anything from it right and so it's very very complex situations become boiled down very simply when stoicism is applied and that's why i really love it you you can you know there's one story that that embodies this whole idea and 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 we learn it in stoicism but it originates in buddhism so there's a story that that they tell in stoicism an analogy that they used like i said originates from from buddhism and it's and it's the this uh, story of being shot with an arrow. So somebody, so they're playing and and um, somebody gets shot with an arrow. And the what happens next is the difference between pain and suffering. And it embodies these principles that we teach as moms, as as families, right? So one thing that we love is empathy, right? Empathy is so important with our children, with the people around us. And part of empathy is setting good boundaries. So how does this play into the story? So there's two things that happen when you get shot with an arrow there's physical pain because it hurts to get shot with an arrow 
and it can be really fatal if depending on where it's at and then there's suffering now the suffering is what we focus on as as people and as stoics right so pain goes away pain like we all love those quotes in the gym right pain is temporary pride is for whatever right but but it is though like eventually the wound will heal you'll have a cool story and, and it'll be gone it'll suffer but the suffering is the story that you tell yourself about why you got shot with the arrow right now there's a few reasons why you might have gotten shot with an arrow it could have been an accident could have been somebody being uh, ignorant of you know safety protocols um or maybe it was just a total accident like because because what happens in life you can do everything right in life and still get crapped on every you can do everything right you see what i'm saying so there's there's an extreme part of the story that uh, of this arrow story where you can be doing everything right and you still got shot with an arrow okay there's the ignorance part he didn't know what he was doing probably shouldn't have ever had a bow and arrow to begin with okay there's that part then there's the other side of the extreme which is somebody with malicious intent sought out to shoot you with an arrow okay that's that covers a pr the, pretty much the whole spectrum right right all right so what do you do with that what well we just as stoics we only care about one thing and that's the truth but in this case the truth only goes so far like the truth is you got shot with an arrow the truth is you got shot with an arrow right you can tell yourself a story why and you can but here's the other cool thing about this story it doesn't really matter what ha why it happened it matters that now you can set good boundaries with whatever happened right so if it was ignorance let's go talk to this guy or girl whoever get the bow and arrow out of their hands and they're not coming back until we teach them right it was everything went right and accidents happened i can live with that right it was malicious intent and this and this human intentionally tried to do me harm okay well cool boundaries right like i can forgive you i can move on but that doesn't mean i have to hang out with you every day mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean i have to go in the same place that you are or go hunting with or whatever right so this story kind of kind of embodies what stoicism is right something happens to you the truth is is that it happened full stop. Now we can set good boundaries and figure out how to go on from there, all while being temperate and sober throughout going through this whole process. Because that's one of the tenets, right? Stoicism or, or, or temperance and justice, right? Mm -hmm. Like justice is, boundaries is part of justice. Like, you know, you did me wrong. I don't have to hang out with you anymore. But I also don't have to keep suffering. I don't have to keep dwelling on why did he shoot me with an arrow? Why did, it doesn't really matter why you got shot with an arrow. Mm -hmm. But, but to understand that you did means that now we can move on. Like the truth can never hurt us. It can only help us. Cause it lets you have, I mean, closure kind of like, it's like, this is oh, what it is. Sure. Yeah. Well, I got shot with an arrow. Like, <clears throat> do I have to spend the next five years wondering why the universe or whoever you believe in, why that let it, why this happened to me? Or do I just say Amor Fati? And this is what this, these were the cards that I was dealt and I need to move forward with it. Cause there's nothing you can do about it right can you all of the, the six things again and what they oh the, <laughs> oh sure 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 okay so memento mori is remember you will die amor fati is the love of fate um summum bonum is the highest good premeditatum malorum is the premeditations of evil and then there's a couple more that um that i don't remember right now there's two more that i that i could look up but they're they're all they're all there and well yeah and then and then the four main so there, there's a lot of like but that's one of the things of stoicism so like right here you can't see it but like right here i have a picture of 
memento mori so it's like the it's got the rose the skull and, and the time and the time piece um, and it's just a good reminder like i have the coins all around my house it's like whenever i'm getting frustrated with my kids I, I look up and i see something there's a coin there that reminds me to like take a deep breath meditate and like remember that this is just part of like like so kids are kids are a great example like when your kid freaks out do you get mad like no they're he's five right they freak out mm -hmm. we don't need to really overreact to that because what did you like a boxing right like what did you expect Right. You had a five. You had a five-year-old. He's gonna cry. <laughs> She's gonna cry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now we can use that as a teaching moment, and I'm not saying as Stoics like we do take the opportunity to apply justice. Mm -hmm. We do. We do take the opportunity to teach and and help people grow, but we also take the opportunity to to do it like sober. And by sober, I don't mean like because I do think that your mind you can you can be drunk with anxiety. You can be drunk with ego you can be drunk with all of these things so when i say sober i mean that in every sense of the word right yeah i like that how have you used it as your like in your parenting because how many kids do you have yeah i have two i have a little i have a little boy and a daughter and how old are they my daughter is five and my son is three almost four fun so funny yeah 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 so so, how, so yeah how have you i mean they're still little right but well yeah but there's things that we can do Mm -hmm. um and and part of it is just just instilling these these principles with with children so like courage you know all consequences like my job as a parent i believe is to expose my kids to the natural laws of the universe so there is a natural law of consequences like if you get yourself in a bad situation you need to figure it like, I, obviously I'm safe with my kids. I don't let them go crazy, but within the boundaries of safety, mm -hmm. I let them fall. I let them make mistakes. I let them get caught up in little lies or fibs or, uh, you know, as much as a five-year-old can lie, right? Did you eat the candy? Right. No. Well, I see the chocolate all over your face. How about we try this conversation again? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then I read to them. Like I do a lot of reading with my kids. So that's because that's one of the other things is like teaching your kids like um, now by by the way i'm not like a perfect parent so you know you're gonna come over to my house and catch my kids on tablets for sure right but um but we make time to read we make time to learn our learn the lessons and 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 expose them to the laws of so like when they're playing with their friends i don't i don't i don't get a, involved a lot when there's disagreements between them and their friends because these are these are learning opportunities right for them obviously like i'm just gonna say this one last time there's a huge caveat here that if there's like physical harm or things going on obviously you step in as a parent right i don't feel like i should have to say that but it's 2022 you never know who's listening but <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying so within the within the limits i let my kids run free i let them get hurt mm -hmm. i let them i let them uh learn right like there are con like how to be a good human being that's what my job is like a mm -hmm. contributing member of society, a good human being, because you, you know, you learn a lesson. Like if my daughter is mean to one of her friends at the playground and that friend stops playing with her and she comes over to me and says, so-and-so is not playing with me. My answer is very stoic. Like, well, then you probably shouldn't have been me being mean. Let's examine this. There's right. so, there's a reason, like, I don't step in and, well, my kid's only five. She didn't know better. Well, that's my job as a parent. <laughs> exactly. Teach my kids. And, and let them experience the consequences of being a douche on the playground. <laughs> like, exactly. you, can't act like, you can't act like that and get what you want. 
So exactly. I think I think that's a stoic principle is like and, and then living with the consequences. She mm-hmm. doesn't want to play with me anymore. Well, that's I, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Don't know that's, what else to tell you. Yep. There's ways that you can, you know, mm-hmm. amend this. But if she doesn't want to play with you anymore, lesson learned, hopefully. Right. <laughs> I don't I don't fight my kids battles very often. Well, and I teach my, I put my kids in martial arts as well. So my daughter's in jujitsu. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. One of the, cause one of the stoic principles that I really live, that I love is that, uh, and, and this is my spin on it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but there's something sacred about getting your ass kicked. Right. Very sacred. And I use that word intentionally, like very spiritual about somebody physically and all the other words and 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 again it's like there's something sacred about getting knocked down and and having to overcome obstacles and realizing that you know you're not the best in the world and and eating your piece of humble pie that Mm -hmm. everybody has to eat i'd rather you learn it at five than 35. right that you're (laughs) i'd rather you learn at five that you're not the shit than at 35 because if we waited till 35 we got a problem and that but it, it also gives confidence like you you learn how to win and you learn how to lose well if they can overcome that early yeah at five like if she can learn how to get back up you know and overcome that frustration right. that comes from being beaten down because mm-hmm. life beats you down right yeah and it's a good practice for me as a parent because like i know jujitsu like, right very well and um and I'm not perfect at it and I get my ass kicked and that's why I'm in jujitsu because it's a, it's a great tool. Mm-hmm. But for me as a parent, you know, you want to experience something really painful, let your kid go play a sport and then have, and then keep your mouth shut the whole time and, and watch it, watch your kid get beat up. That's hard. Right. I've been, I've been, I've done, I've had to do that because in jujitsu, it's like, you're in a safe environment. This is about as safe as lesson as you could teach a kid. Mm-hmm. there's instructors around and you can't you can't get on the instructors you can't get on your kid you can't tell that kid to like ease up and you don't want to yell at your daughter because she doesn't know what's going on right right so you just got to sit there and take it so it's a great tool as a especially as a dad you know yeah. you, have that ma- you have that masculine urge to like save your daughter like a damsel in distress but that's not who i'm raising right i'm raising i'm raising a fierce woman right who can fight her her battles and she needs to because one day I'm not going to be there. Right. So. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So that's part of it. Like everybody applies stoicism differently, but that's how I've kind of approached it with my kids, mm-hmm. exposing them to natural consequences as much as I can, not stepping in, giving them the tools to handle it. So. How did your, so earlier, I think it was before we started recording, you mentioned your mom and how she, yeah. you know, whether she knew it or not, she was applying the principles into her parenting. So what, how did you see her do it for you? Or, I mean. Sure. Uh, Here's what it was. Here's the one lesson we never, never forgot growing up. Um, At least that's at least what she tried to teach us. And that is 100% accountability. 100%. Like Amor Fati is nothing, you know, is, is life doesn't happen to you it happens for you mm-hmm. see what i'm saying and um yeah so sometimes we're not responsible for, or you know sometimes it's not our fault sometimes shitty things happen and there's nothing you can do about it and it's not your fault but it is your responsibility 
you know, it's so funny. So I just got, you know, I work in sales, big accountability uh, career. Yeah. Because you're responsible for your number and it's 100% out of your control, but you got to figure out how to do it anyway. And it's so funny. So I made a mistake at work. Not perfect. I'm, I'm a good salesman, but I'm definitely, nobody bats a hundred. Mm-hmm. And I made a mistake at work. And my manager goes, hey, it's time to, you know, let's sync up after this. So we get on the call. I knew I was going to get my ass chewed out because I knew what I did wrong. And it was a great, and he's, he, but one of the reasons we get along is because he's a, sto- he believes in, sto- you know, he practices stoicism and I practice. And so he goes, hey, Dalton, let's cut the bullshit. Tell me what you should have done differently. I told him and he's like, great. You know, he's like, this is what you need to do. You know, taught me a good lesson. And then he said, time to move on. So, okay. And, and, and it wasn't like, you know, he came out of the gate and he was like, no excuses, no bullshit. Mm-hmm. You need to tell me what you should have done differently. And if you're good, you know, you know, you know what you should have done. Um, right. So that was the biggest lesson is like responsibility and accountability um, that like, it doesn't matter what goes on around you. You have to figure out how to make it work because if we're, if we are, you know, if we are a creditor to the things that happen to us, we're in debt forever. Ooh, say that that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we're a creditor to the things that happen around us, we're, we're in debt forever. It's true. Yeah. And, and you know what? My life changed when I really got what my mom was saying and my grandpa. Like I grew up in a Polynesian household. I, when I really understood my dad and all these things, what they were saying, which is nobody cares. Like we all have a pile of shit that we're dealing with, mm-hmm. right? And it happens to everybody. And my story is not unique. I grew up poor. I grew up hustling. I have the same story as everybody. I was, you know, homeless after I served an LDS mission. You know, the, <laughs> I don't know who's LDS or who's not, but yeah. in that culture, if you're if you go on a mission, it's supposed to change your whole life. And roses are gonna supposed to fall out of the sky, and you're gonna walk down a paved gold. And none of that happened. Right. Every, actually the opposite happened <laughs> yeah. for me right so like the worst part about excuses is that they're real is that they're valid mm-hmm. your life did suck you did grow up poor your mom was an alcoholic your dad was an alcoholic i never got a shot it's all true right no one cares like no. and they can't like we all have the same story so mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta go and it, and like, I don't, and how does that leave room for empathy? That's what somebody's asking right now. Somebody paused it and said, how does that leave room for empathy? Right. And my answer for that is, is it leaves all the room for empathy. I'm, I, I, ha- I get it. You know, mm-hmm. I understand yeah. it's hard. It sucks. I am with you and you can make, and you can still make it like, despite all of that, the obstacle is the way what impedes action. What is Marcus? I I'm not going to get the quote right, but essentially what he says is, you know, the impediment of action advances action. Because you're just moving the opposite direction. Well, no, no, no. You're moving through it, right? There's a story of... I see what you're saying. Yeah. You just move through it. It's like, this is what what I think is supposed to stop me is actually what's going to propel me. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? It's like weightlifting. It's like weightlifting. It's like, yeah. It's like, you know, the more weight, the stronger you get. Mm-hmm. And, and... You've never lifted that much weight until you lift that much weight. Right. That's true. Yeah, you've never done it ever. So yeah, of course it's, of course it's easy to say you can't do it, but you've never done it until you do it. And uh, so whatever. So just, so, so okay. Are we going to, yeah. Are you going to look at it or are you going to do something about it? Yeah. Cause, and by the way, I don't care which one you do. Like that's, that's kind of the universe is like, I don't care which one you do. Mm-hmm. 
but I'll tell you the way, but if you want to know how to get better, you're going to keep going. You're going to lift it. You're going to go. And everybody's got their way. Like motherhood is extremely difficult. I would not be even kind of the success I have. What little success I have right now would not even be remotely possible without my wife. And my, my wife and I have a dynamic where she chooses to stay home with the kids Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I work and that's, it works for our relationship. I realize it doesn't work for everybody or some people don't want to. Right. But, uh, but motherhood is extremely difficult mm-hmm. and, um, it wouldn't, but a lot of it is overcome. Like mothers practice stoicism all the time. You just don't put a label on it. And so, and that's fine. Don't label it, whatever. <laughs> well, a lot of like, as I've been reading the book, I'm like, man, this is exactly, I love this, but it's exactly yeah. how I think you know? Right. And so I think I just related to it really well. Well, a lot of people do. It's making a comeback because this is the world that we live in. Like when, you know, and I'm not going to get political. I'm just going to tell you the facts. In 2020, the government shut everything down, told small businesses they weren't allowed to open. Some Mm -hmm. of them, they, the government labeled certain individuals essential and other people not. Yep. Political or not political. I don't really care why. But we had no control. Some, Some people got hurt and some people didn't. Exactly. Who, who was right? I don't know. I don't know who was right, but it doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. So all the politics aside, we had no control over it, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and there's a million conversations that you can spend off of that. But at the end of the day, you have to look back, you got to look at your, your coins. You got to look back in the mirror and you got to say, look, are we going to do this? Are we not? Right. You know, cause you've never done it until you do it. (laughs) One of the, so this is a little, we're taking it a different direction for a second. But okay, cool. it's because it was the one I, I think it was the one today where he talks about, sure. I put it on my Instagram, so I have to read the exact quote, but okay. it, because <laughs> I come from a family of warriors, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Today was only bad dreams. <laughs> and yeah, it's only bad dreams. And so the quote is, there is nothing more certain in our fears. That's not yet more certain in the fact that most of what we dread comes to nothing. Oh, yeah. So basically what he was saying was like, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> everything that we're afraid of is just our imagination. Yeah. We've created it, right? Because even like, if you're worrying about a certain situation, it hasn't happened yet. Like you're not, it, you're worrying about something in the future that may yeah. or may not come to fruition. And so, <laughs> yeah, so I it made me laugh. Cause I was like that you're speaking to every, my entire family, yeah. you yeah. know? I mean, so two lessons off of that. One, worrying only means you suffer twice, mm-hmm. right? And two, anxiety lives in the future, depression lives in the past. How we, we, we can solve both of those with the present because there's nothing you can do to get it back. Like we don't own time. Right. We don't own any, we don't own the past. Like mm-hmm. our, like, and, and what I mean by that is like, yeah, did you make some dumb mistakes that put you in a shitty position here right now? Sure you did but you don't own that anymore. It's not yours. Like, because if you owned it, you could do something with it, right? You could change it, but you don't. All you own right now is the present. So just get on with it. And if we believe that every, the impediment to action advances action, then that applies for our past as well. So like, yeah, you did some dumb stuff, but that is okay, whatever. And we're, yeah, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Like temperance sobriety that's what we live by it's like yep you messed up all right cool keep going and by the way like i love part part of stoicism is just like experience Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like i've been fired 
I've been yelled at, I've been cussed out, I've been without a job, you know, whatever, right? As a Stoic, we shouldn't fear change. And the reason we shouldn't fear change is because we're prepared for it. So premeditatum malorum is the premeditation of evils. So at any point in time, you should have in your mind's eye everything that could go wrong. So like, but it doesn't matter because you're prepared. So one of the great ways I, I incorporate this into my sales or, or, as, or, or anybody can, but for me, this is how I learned the lesson. And that was, I know I have a skill that I can take anywhere. So if my boss was listening to this podcast and he called me on the phone and said, I don't like what you just said, you're fired. That's okay. My door is, my door is less than five feet away. I would have a job before I, I walked out of my house. It's okay. Fire me. That's cool. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Right. Would that happen? Do it now. Am I actively trying to get fired? No, but you have those in your head, right? So like, what, what are the things that could go wrong? And that's the counterintuitive approach to what we are supposed to be. Like if you listen to all this hustle culture and all of this, you know, all of these things like, like positive affirmations and what, and by the way, if that works for you, that's fine. Right. I'm not, I'm not ever knocking anything. Like how you live your life is how you live your life. But for me, I keep in my front of my mind, like everything that could go wrong. And it, it doesn't make me nihilistic, which is to say like, you know, it, it doesn't make me throw everything in the wind and say, screw it. But it just makes me prepared. Like if this could go wrong, I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of like that plan for the worst, hope for the best, but expect, or what is it? Plan for, plan Plan for the worst. Yeah. Hope for the best plan for the worst. Yeah. It's just good advice. It's just good advice. Good advice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's just great. So, so I, I do that. Like I prepare, like when I go into a situation with my kids, I'm all right. And then you're not surprised. Like, Mm -hmm. and then I'm not mad at my kid because he did something, they did something dumb. Like some kids just, you know, they don't want to get in trouble. So they lie. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. We know that's not wrong, but I'm not going to take it personally. I'm not, I'm not personally offended that you chose to maliciously evade me. Right. Just what, what they're kids, they're five, they're, they're 10 They're or he, your 16 year old just did something stupid. It's not a personal, it's not a personal attack on you. Like Mm -hmm. some of us view lying as like a personal attack. Right. And the more personal we take things, the less management we have over the situation. Okay. See Uh what I'm saying? Nothing's personal. Like you work with clients every day. How many clients do 100% of what you tell them to do every time? Not 100% of them. Not 100% of them. And do you take it personally (laughs) that somebody, how dare you? Right? (laughs) You can't. You'd be out of business. (laughs) You would never take another client again if you took it that personally. (laughs) No. Nope. You're 100% right. <laughs> so like, okay, you messed up. Like I expected that. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah I figured. And I, I always surprise. You cannot be perfect at this. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I surprise people with that all the time. I didn't do what you asked me to do. Oh, okay, I figured. Yeah. And then they get, you know, they might get a little defensive, but I'm like, what do you want? What do you want me to say? Yeah. I was expecting you to be 100% perfect. Okay. You want to, you know what I mean? And we'll just keep going. It's not a big deal. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, so it's funny because Mark Twain had the quote too, right? Like most of the, most of the horrible things I've suffered. He said, most of the horrible things I've suffered in life never actually happened. And uh, it's, th- it's that quote. It's like, yeah, dude, it's, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. And if it goes down as awful as you're thinking, it usually isn't as bad as you made it out to be in your head. So one of the, one of the exercises I do, because there's a lot of journaling and stoicism, Mm-hmm. Um, one of the exercises I do is I write. So if I'm getting really anxious like that, first of all, I d- the way I discard it, because Marcus Aurelius will say, like, I realized that I just discarded my anxiety. So how do you do that? That's a big, 
that can almost sound a little insensitive right if you're talking with a if you're talking with a certain group of people which is and, and i mean it is it's like easy for you yeah. to say emperor of the free emperor of the free world at the time right right but but how do you discard it i i have a journal Mm-hmm. I write down everything that I'm worried about mm-hmm. every and what's funny is in my head it feels like there's a hundred things wrong but I write it down on paper and it might be it might be three things and then my next column is my next question is can you control it or what can you control about this situation and out of the three or four I write down maybe one mm-hmm. has something I can control otherwise it's totally out of my control but like seeing it on paper changes your perception of how you handle the situation. I like that. I've actually started doing, one of my friends told me, I'm not sure where she got it from, but she does something similar where she writes down everything she's worried about. And then she writes down evidence of why she shouldn't worry about those things. Yeah. And then anyway, and I thought that was interesting, but one thing we were talking about things that we do to discard our anxiety. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. anytime I'm worried about something, I just write down what the worst case scenario is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and it's usually not as bad and as she was like oh i never thought of because like yeah that's the a great worst one. case scenario you know I, I mean i remember so in 2016 i opened a gym right and i was worried about it because i was like well what if i fail and i was talking to my aunt she was like well what's the worst case scenario and i was like mm-hmm. i guess i just close it and she goes go worse than that like maybe you don't want to close it like what would you do and i was like i guess we just sell the house and move in with my mom or something and she goes whoa how terrible yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. like yeah i guess that's not that bad either and she's like i'm oh, just yeah. saying like it's there's always a way so even when you're worried about it like what you think is so bad is really not that bad no it's not it's not and, and sometimes it and by the way here's i'm gonna go back to the phrase i used earlier which is all your excuses are the worst part about excuses is that they're real Mm-hmm. Right. So let's say the worst case scenario is you end up homeless, right? Okay. Clean slate. What do you, what do you do? I don't know. I don't know. So, so maybe you don't do it. Maybe if the worst case scenario is you end up homeless with your kids on the street, maybe, maybe you don't do it. Or maybe you solidify your plan. It just makes you think a little bit. It makes you think. Yep. It, it just makes you go through your, pro- but, but by the way, I've, you know, it's people who, in my experience, the people who do that exercise, and think about and think about the premeditations of evils, and think about what what the worst possible scenario could be. It usually doesn't happen. Like there's no worst case scenario because because there's the law of maybe it's is it uh, I'm not a scientist but I remember it's like maybe the law of thermodynamics, which is like the energy that goes into a system is is less than what comes out of the system, right? So there's always a process in the process of converting you know energy you lose some in the system so you always have to put more in than what you get out all always because mm-hmm. systems lose energy that's just absorbed as part of the transformation process right and by the way i probably 100 percent butchered that but i didn't <laughs> miss the point of people who who expect the worst outcome put more into the system to get more out right so automatically, right. if you're expecting the worst, you're going to get better than the worst. Right. Because you're going to prepare for it. All right. If that's the worst that can happen, then I, then I, maybe I need a little bigger nest egg, or maybe I need to market this differently, or maybe I need to, and then you just start, all right, cool, 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 cool. Well, if I can do those five things and there's no way that can happen and exactly. maybe I miss it a little bit, but yeah, whatever you lose 10 grand, you lose 15 grand, whatever. Yeah. Move on. 
Yeah, we'll it's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it. So if somebody wanted to explore this more, what would you recommend that they, what's like a couple books or podcasts or whatever, you know, got you into yeah. it? I would say if you're going to approach stoicism and, and want to be a true stoic, I would say you read a book. Um, I, I would say the best book, a classic one is Meditations. Like if you haven't read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, you need to. I like, uh, this is my favorite copy, the Gregory Hayes transition or translation, sorry. Okay. The Gregory Hayes translation of, of Marcus Aurelius. If you want a little more modern, anything by Ryan Holiday, he has a, he has a stoic trilogy mm-hmm. called Obstacles Away, Ego is the Enemy, and Stillness is the Key. You'll learn a ton there for sure. But I would say read, yeah, read. Read it. Very cool. Well, I think, I mean, thank you for taking the yeah. time. I appreciate it. Hopefully, you can yeah, get yeah. good stuff out of this because I don't. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, thank you. No, it was a, it was my pleasure being here. It was, it was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Life Unlimited podcast. We hope you found this content valuable, and we hope you subscribe and listen in again soon.